We've all heard the phrase, that kind of thing doesn't happen in our town. But here on Midwest Murder, we will shatter that false reality. In fact, it happens more often than we know. And sometimes, the details of the most horrific crimes that happen in our neighborhoods are lost in the back pages of newspapers, forgotten on our news channels, and eventually erased over time. We're here to talk about murder, diving into some of the most controversial cases in Midwest history. This show will not shy away from the morbid details of these horrific events and the often ugly truths behind them. What you will hear is a detailed timeline of events, perspectives from those closely involved, and analysis by experts. What you will feel is the darkness that surrounds each story, the innocence lost by the victims, and hopefully the justice that was ultimately delivered. Don Palumbo. Don Alanto. It always, it always feels like it's been a while. I know, I know. I, I mean, two, every, every two is, it's good, but it it's, it's a good, it's a good pace, but man, no, maybe it's because I always look, I'm always looking forward to it. I think that, that's Not probably, just the story, but my time with you, Dawn. I'm very thankful for our time together. It's great. Oh, it's so touchy-feely. It's so great. There's so much love in this room, which is good because we're going to bring it down in Oof, a little while. We're going to bring it down a notch. So, uh, hey. Thanks to everyone who has rated and reviewed our podcast. The comments, the feedback, the support we, that we receive from our listeners is is just it's so humbling. It's amazing, and we we cannot tell you how much we appreciate it. And uh, you know, so please like, rate, review, share because it does amazing things for our little podcast. Comment, just you know, tell us what your favorite cheese is. I mean, it's you know, we love to hear all those comments, but just that helps us in the world that we live in with algorithms. But Jonah. What are people saying about Midwest murder other than their favorite cheese? Right. Well, I just have to add to that that uh, we're not asking you folks, you wonderful listeners, for any money. So just we're just asking you for a little bit of your time on iTunes to drop us a review. We prefer the five stars, but we understand that we're going to hit the entire range of reviews from time to time. This one, my absolute favorite podcast. Five stars. Midwest Murder is our absolute favorite. My fiance and myself love listening to the true stories of murder that take place in the Midwest. You both have a gift at telling the story in its true form. I love the work you both do. Keep up the good work. I would love to see you do more live shows as well. We would definitely attend. Oh my heck. Thank you. That's so cool. And there will be more live shows. Oh, there will be. Oh, they're coming. They are. Like... They're on their way. They're on their way. Yeah. Yeah. Stay so, tuned. Probably in the next episode, we might even have an announcement for new shows. No dun, promises, dun, dun. but it's likely it's, it's uh, possible. this next one uh, from Bill, Bilby Besties fan CJR. A plus, 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 plus. That's a lot of pluses. Love it. I like it. Uh, that's five pluses. I don't know what comes after quadruple. Is it quintuple? Quint, quint, yeah. Once again, we are not Midwest math. We don't Midwest math here. We're Midwest murder. Yeah. But from, from, <laughs> from Bibli Bestley's fan CJR, quite simply, this podcast goes into details that many never hear. I'm always waiting for the next episode. Short, sweet, to the point. It. And well appreciated. Yeah. And I, I, I particularly appreciate that you appreciate the details because yeah, yeah. for me, I can't not share details. It's in our intro. It's, it's what I go out of my way for when I research for episodes of Midwest murder is yeah. I, I want those and it's neat over the, over time, even from 
prosecutors and law enforcement in our own state who have heard our podcasts that have complemented the details that we're able to, to, to find and share for these stories. So I appreciate that review. Yeah. And I appreciate all you huge. guys who take the time. Absolutely. And, and the details, you know, they get us into um, hot water with some listeners at times because, because it is pretty grisly at times. And, and, um, but I think like Jonah said in our intro, you know, we don't shy away from the morbid details. And it's a part of the story. And we promise to cover controversial yeah. cases. Yeah. So yeah. when you're promising to tackle controversial cases and you're promising details, Shit's gonna get weird. it's going to get weird mm-hmm. and you might hurt some feelings and yeah. people might hear things yeah. that they didn't expect to hear. And right. that's, that's the way it goes. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I think it's when we bury those truths. That's when, that's when we don't learn from this. That's when we're not aware. We're not, yeah. I'm going to put my soapbox away, but anyway, that's how I feel. Soapbox Friday mm-hmm. <laughs> on Midwest Murder Monday. Midwest Murder One Monday. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, Domestic Violence Crisis Center, which is um, local in Minot, North Dakota. This is uh, something that is very, very near and dear to Jonah and I. Um, and obviously, as we cover these these stories on Midwest Murder, the you know we've had a handful of murders, two for sure, domestic violence in in Minot. North Dakota. So where we, right here where we record, you know, so it's, um, that's, that's horrible and shouldn't, it shouldn't be happening. And so if you are somebody who does, um, are in a situation of domestic violence, there are services out there that can help you and they are free. They are confidential courage for number four change.org. The crisis line is 701-857-2200. Again, it's courage for the number change.org. And People have to, um, th- there are people there that, that will help you and that can, can make you, um, or, or make those. Can help you make the difficult choices. You, yeah. Can yeah. help you navigate the, the proper procedures to get mm-hmm. safety or even a protection order and something or a about, plan. or a safety plan. Mm-hmm. Something else about the DVCC Minot is, it is as comfortable as it can be for a place where you are fleeing domestic violence. Right. You are set up in your own space. I think sometimes when people hear like a domestic violence crisis center, there's this strange image of it being like this shelter in an open room with beds. And in yeah. this case, here at the DVCC in my, it's not like that. It's not like it, that. Mm-hmm. It is. They are. They have gone above and beyond to make this as cozy as they can for the people who are coming in and facing these situations. And it's very, very one of the shittiest situations that you'll you'll be in in life. Absolutely. And 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 there are people that um, that are there to help you, and that's what they do. So courage number four change dot org or seven zero one eight five seven two two zero zero. Yeah, courage for change dot org, guys. This is Midwest Murder. DVCC Minot is a sponsor, and and again, a quick reminder that the overwhelming majority of murder victims are women. Eight and ten, um, I believe, is the number. That's Excuse a lot. me. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's a lot. Um, it's too much. So it's yeah. too much. And last call out: if if you're in one of these situations, if you've been strangled. Or if you are a friend or a loved one of, of somebody in a domestic situation who has been strangled, you need to know that is one of the, that's the most dangerous precursor. It's going to escalate. That, that escalation is coming. There is no more significant red flag in a person's life that they could face for domestic violence than, than strangulation. So please, 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 if you need help, you call the crisis line 701-857-2200. You deserve more. Courageforchange.org. 
Also, a big thanks to Pop and Dot Design and Fabrication in Duluth, Minnesota for our bitchin' logo. I love the Midwest Murder logo. I know. It's so good. I, I love wearing it. I love drinking out of it. It's great. CJ Wynn for the help on author CJ Wynn for the help on the haunting and truthful intro. And of course, Eric Michael Anderson, um, along with Eric and Diana Anderson for our bone chilling theme music it really sets the it really sets the mood i know it's a good one and on a uh, on a midwest murder first we have bum, a case bum, we have a case update a case update a case update so in a sad turn for the case of drew shadeen which we covered a few episodes ago and and one that is is very close to me um and has changed my life uh the death penalty for alfonso rodriguez was tossed out so a new sentencing phase was ordered to be conducted. So he is no longer facing the death penalty. And for, for reasons that, that are, are interesting to me and, you know, the, the big, uh, we, we've talked often about capital punishment uh, and the death penalty on the show. And if we get it wrong once, it's one time too many, right? you know, and, but there are, there are cases that, um, well, what, I guess there are cases that, I mean, we could, we could do a whole we could, yeah. podcast on the philosophical concept of capital punishment yeah. in general. So, yeah. and, and, uh, and you, and you know, there are cases where you see, where you, you, you read something, you're like, that is why we have the death penalty. You know, yeah. Like, like the it, last one, the last one, that is why we have the death penalty. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you how many comments I've got. Like, oh boy, that left people in feeling very Pe- icky. Yeah. A shower. We had to, we had to hug it out yeah. like, afterwards. So we really did. Um, we, we, yeah. Don and I had to hug it out after that last episode because it was that crushing to just be in this room and read that story and go through it together. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, there is a, a time and a place. And of course we could talk about this forever, but, um, you know, it's, it's so Alfonso it's, Rodriguez, not yeah, getting the death, not penalty, getting the death sure. penalty. And it's such a, it's such a blow to the case. So I, I've wondered, you know, how that has uh, affected, um, her friends, her family, um, you know, all of that. So, uh, stay tuned as we, as we wait, wait for more of that. But, um, so two days, one, one thing I want to point out is the same judge who sentenced him was also part of the appeal. And so I, it makes it seem, me, it seems weird. It makes me scratch my head, but it was there was a, a change in his judgeship, and so I'd like to do more um, more research on that. But it's it's something I encourage you all to to take a look at as well. I um, feel like there would be a precedent that would like disallow a judge from sitting on both the initial sentencing decision and then in on the appeal. Right. right. Uh, and and but, maybe maybe I'm not understanding it properly, may, or but, you know, maybe I'm overthinking know, it. Yeah. That's that's okay. But I mean, if you're appealing. I feel like part of the appeal process is like getting a second opinion almost or, you know, and And how can you get, how can you get, and I'm not, I'm not cheering on, I'm not cheering for Mr. Rodriguez in any way, shape or form, but the idea of an appeal is that you are getting, I think, a new and unbiased opinion and decision made. It's not a do-over. It's not a, it's not a do-over, but yeah, yeah, it's, so anyways, yeah. It's a weird one. So yeah, that's, um, that's kind of, uh. That's what, what popped out right away for me. So anyway, uh, stay tuned. Today's episode takes place in 2009, which to me, I, I want to say it's like, oh, that's like just a couple years ago. Nope, it's not. It's 11. Like, can you believe that? It feels very weird. Uh, in 2009, the swine flu was the latest global pandemic. Isn't it 12? 12? Is it 12? Is it 12 years from 2009, 2009 to 2021? No. no, so 2011 minus 
or 2021. You got to count 09, Midwest math. Oh. You got to count 09 as one of the years. I guess. See, we do not math on Midwest murder. (laughs) It is not Midwest math. It is Midwest murder. Please still like us, even though we have shitty math skills. Yes. Anyway. Don't let that scare you away. Approximately 11 to 12 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) But for sure in 2009. (laughs) Right. The swine flu was the latest global pandemic. None of this COVID baloney. Um, The swine flu. Who would have have thought? Uh, Barack Obama was inaugurated as the 44th president. History uh, making inauguration there. Mm -hmm. We were still in a financial crisis and recession. Coming out of the housing collapse. The housing collapse and, uh, you know, and and some, what some would call the... The fallout um, of the war. Well, but the the greatest um, recession since the Great Depression. Yeah, you know, so it's uh, that's it's wild. We I know a lot it. of a lot of people who sadly lost their houses during and that lost time. Lost a lot of money. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Miracle on the Hudson happened when Sully the pilot landed U.S. Airways Flight 1549 in the Hudson River, saving all 155 people on board. Remember that? Like, Can't believe that happened. Like, such yeah. news, Tom Hanks. You know? They made they, they made yeah, the movie. They made a movie about it. And if if Tom Hanks could play me in a movie, gosh dang, I've. And it would be weird. I'd, I'd be, prefer be, Keanu Reeves to play me, a weird but movie, I get it. But like, yeah, yeah. Tom makes good choice too. Movie. Yeah. The, uh, the world was also being very dramatic. As I was going through this research, I'm like, oh gosh, what a time to be alive and not want to be. Um, so many pro- protests, which are always, protests are always good because it means people are changing. They're standing up for what they believe in. But this one was really heavy. Uh, there were government overturns. Russia shut down gas supplies to Western Europe or more specifically Ukraine. Ukraine. And this year even had a, a coup d'etat. There was a coup d'etat in Madagascar. Oh. Yeah. I mean, so they completely overthrew the, the government and it's wild. And what a year for deaths. Like this one was big. The beloved B. Arthur, if you're a Golden Girls fan. Of course. You know. Dorothy, she passed away, along with Michael Jackson, Patrick Swayze, Brittany Murphy, Farrah Fawcett, Ted Kennedy, Walter Cronkite, Ed McMahon. Uh, there were lots. Um, interesting. Uh, Farrah Fawcett and Michael Jackson died on the same day. Oh. And I, I feel like I, I feel like his death overshadowed hers so much. That's how I felt about uh, Whitney Houston and uh, MCA of the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Just for the record, yeah. like they died at the same time, and and yet. Nobody, right. and like he, I don't know, you know, she had gone down that kind of a dark path, if you will, on the right. back end of her life, which is super sad. And he's still out there doing things to try to help change the world and fight homelessness and, and right, right. fight hunger. And yeah, uh, anyways. Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. Um, but I guess it was a, and those were just, I mean, just a handful of the, well, I, I, them selfishly, I guess. Patrick Swayze, you know. Patrick Swayze. Dorothy, she's one of my it's favorites. It's like my, I have my yeah. mom to thank for like knowing who Patrick Swayze is really. Well, you that know was, what? That was her, that I, was her I other have husband. Mom, I have your mom to thank as well. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, Jonah. So in 2009, Philip Gattuso was originally from Gretna, Louisiana, and by most accounts seemed to have a great life. He was a successful dentist in Fargo, North Dakota, having lived there for the last seven years. Him and his wife, Valerie, moved to Fargo from Oklahoma so that he could open and grow and focus on his practice as a periodontist. And a periodontist is like, is that braces and stuff? I'm no, sorry. No, that's orthodontist. Orth- okay. Oh, you don't have, you don't, if you don't know, it's fine. I'm just, sorry, random, now I'm, random general well, question. Well, now I'm going to feel like a dumb That's dumb. what the Googles I, are for. I know, I, I should... Google that, but um, I knew I should have that. Anyway, he was a father of three, two grown sons, Philip Jr. and Joseph, and also a three-year-old daughter, Kennedy. 
So in 2006, shortly before giving birth to Kennedy, they, they, they focus on gum disease. Just sorry gum for the disease. records. They focus on gum, gum disease, disease and bacterial infections gum at the root of the problem. So, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, Devil's in the details. I, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Actually. I'm good for uh, something. <laughs> well, I guess. Well, <laughs> so in 2006, shortly before giving birth to Kennedy, Valerie started to have some heart issues very young too. The next year she went in for a routine heart surgery to, to fix a mitral valve. She was 37 but it would turn out to not be very routine. And she ended up being transferred to a facility in Minnesota after it went horribly wrong Oh no! where she ended up being put on a ventilator and put into a medically induced coma for almost two months. Horrible. Holy. You know, it's just going in to fix the flapper on the valve and yeah. Well, not, I mean, if you have to go under anesthesia, I, I get, they always say it's routine, but anytime you go under anesthesia, that's scary. Yeah, I don't care how routine it anesthesia? is. Anesthesia. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Anastasia. <laughs> Anastasia. I mean, you never know what happens there, too. You never know. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's, that, it's terrifying, it's, it's right? Freaky. It's freaky. It's always scary. And it's and always scary. And then here you go. This yeah, is why. And this is why. So while in the hospital, she would fight for her life through, throughout organ failure, blood infection, and many strokes, even ending with losing parts of her limbs while she was there for nine grueling months. Um, just uh, awful, you know? And um, Oh, poor Kennedy. Yeah. Or Valerie, and Valerie, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. When she was finally and, released um, from the hospital, she and her young daughter, Kennedy, went to live with her parents in Oklahoma, um, Greg and Sharon Kirkpatrick. Philip remained in Fargo to work while Valerie began the long process of rehabilitating. Okay, so you got Philip with the two grown sons. They don't live there, they don't though. Live there. Okay. No, nope, no, nope, And so, so he's in Fargo. Poor, poor Valerie and little Kennedy, tough situation. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. going to get kind of aftercare. Right. With, right. with the family. It's what yeah. you do in this situation. Yeah. yeah. That's a and lot I mean, for a person well, who has to work. I mean, well, it's a lot a to do with. if he's a sole provider, you know, right. I mean, it's, you know. If you don't, do you, you, you do need that? help. You, right. I mean, people do it without help, but damn, if you I can get to. help in this situation, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go to it. Right. That's right. tough though. Holy. So in March of 2009, it was too much and Valerie sadly passed away. Oh man. Picking up the pieces of his life, uh, Philip then went to Oklahoma to get his daughter, Kennedy, to bring back to Fargo so they could hopefully begin healing. Valerie's, Valerie's family didn't really like Philip. Um, oh. it was, it was rocky, a rocky relationship at best. Um, her not, sister. Not big fans of Philip the dentist. New periodontist. Um, her yeah, aren't, sister. Are they the same? A dentist and a periodontist? Isn't a dentist that the periodontist is a specific thing within yeah, his dental? Up, if, but if he's opening up a periodontistic uh, office, would Fair. he be a periodontist? It's, they're all dentists to me, he's a Don. Dentist. He, yeah, he, I'm, he, I'm I'm generalizing. We are we are putting <laughs> so much pressure on this on this dentist. I mean, I my gosh. So I'm not part of the anti-dentite movement. <laughs> Good Seinfeld shout Good. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, her sister Reagan even thought that um, that Philip was a, a bit of a narcissist. Um, which is a heavy, heavy term, you know, to, to describe someone. Her sister said, quote, Nobody would self-apply that term, I'll tell you that much. Uh, no, uh, certainly not a narcissist. <laughs> Her sister said, quote, He couldn't relate to others' feelings. I never saw someone who could be so cold, end quote. And, and I want to, I know just because narcissist, narcissist and narcissism, they're words that get thrown out there a lot. Right. So just to right. be clear for everyone, a narcissist, is a mental condition in which people have an inflated sense of their own importance, a deep need for an excessive attention and admiration, troubled relationships, and a lack of empathy for others. Now, that's from the mayoclinic.org. Mm-hmm. And that lack of empathy 
is maybe the most scary aspect of narcissism. Oh my gosh, yeah. And I feel like and if, we all know someone, right? Like kind of, but I, I sometimes think that we throw that term around a little cavalierly in today's yeah, in today's society. Yeah. Same thing with psychopath, sociopath. I mean, they're yes. very specific mental conditions. Right. Like you know? if somebody's a narcissist, yeah, you can I mean, you oh, you know, he has narcissistic tendencies, which means yeah. maybe you occupy all right, oh, he needs attention and needs admiration. I think we all right. kind of need that. Well, Hell, I, think, I feel I think, good. I think that's just human. Well, uh, you know, that feels very human to me. Right, yeah. But it's the yeah. combination, I think, of all these things that make the narcissist. The narcissist, a narcissist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I would agree. I would agree. It, we we have um we have gotten very comfortable throwing that that term out. I there. think so. You know, say and again with sociopaths, uh, you know, psychopath. They're they're all very different, um, and they have their own specific and definition. I think throwing them around so casually, it really diminishes the severity of somebody who actually is suffering from this disorder right, right. and the danger that they could actually pose right. to somebody. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what may have been just a small disagreement between in-laws or maybe just a little bit of distaste for one another turned into an incredibly deep rift that would leave Philip Gattuso dead and Kennedy without her mom or dad. Holy shit. According to Valerie's It was going to leave... Philip's die. Philip is going to leave Philip dead. Philip dead. So Kennedy's not going to have parents. Whoa. Yeah. So according to Valerie's family, he was not a great example of what a husband or father should be. He rarely visited when Valerie was rehabilitating and they felt he didn't support Valerie as he should. That's, I mean, that's tough. That, that, that's tough. And I, I feel like people handle <laughs> grief very differently. And this is a grief this heavy a, situation. Well, absolutely. And again, if guarantee, you're trying to provide. No, no, right? no offense to Valerie, but guarantee she's on his insurance. If mm-hmm. he's not working and providing and running his practice and taking care of his clients, all of that. How can, how can she even have any of the care that she right. needs in the wake right. of this terrible situation? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. There, there, it, it's. Should he have just moved his practice to where she was? Right. If well, it was, if why it was didn't her family fit. move up there to them and take yeah. and help take care of Valerie so they could all live their life together? I mean, right. I don't know. You got to draw the line somewhere. This is tough all around. Well, and it's and it's, I don't know. I think it's really hard for us to say, you know, he wasn't a great example. Like he rarely visited, and you know, they didn't feel he supported. Well. Do they know? I mean, do they know that? You know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. her family. And, and you feel like they would know better than anybody, but you but, know, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's, it's hard because we don't know what goes on between a mar- in a marriage, you know? So, um, friends and colleagues, in fact, they disagreed with, with that. Um, okay. they described him as a soft spoken and an individual that cared so deeply for his daughter. You know, that's what was and, the last remnant of the woman he loved. Right. 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 Absolutely. So, you know, it, it's tough. And, and you know, the truth is always in the middle there somewhere. Right. Yep. On October 26th, 2009, Philip didn't pick up his daughter from daycare and even missed a phone conf- conference at the office. So obviously, you know, kind of sounding some alarms concerned. Yeah. yeah red flags yeah. right there for sure. And I mean, isn't that this how nearly every, every story starts? Right. It's, out of concern, uh, you know? Uh, right. Right. So concerned, of, of course, Julie Willard, a friend of Philip's, went to his condo in South Fargo to find her friend's deceased body in a horrible, bloody mess. <sighs> Chills. So sometime in the morning, in the mid-morning, after he dropped off uh, Kennedy at daycare, somebody 
uh, entered his home and the autopsy would show that Philip died of blunt force trauma to the head. The weapon in question was a hammer. They found over 10 blows to his head. So, you know, you're thinking striking pattern, all of that stuff. I mean, is it's, it's not a, it's not a, it's not an easy scene to walk into. That's for sure. Well, and just that first cracking blow into the skull with a hammer. Some, most, I, most people are, are knocked unconscious or, or, or that's a dizzying, brutal, devastating effect. And if it's the spike end, well, it's probably going into your skull. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so to once, once is enough to go nine more times. That's, that's pulverizing ahead. Yeah. Yeah. There's not much. uh, yeah. It's, these aren't tap, tap, tap. You're not, you're not putting a, you know, little one point nail into your wall here. Right. And like, ten, you're smashing 10 times, 10 smashes to this person's head. The skull isn't equipped for that. No, no. Through multiple tips, as well as a surveillance video of a pickup and trailer hauling the tarp, uh, the, the vehicle, um, or this vehicle in question. Um, so there was because, a, there was a vehicle in question. What, what they first found out was that, his Porsche was missing among oh, some other. Oh, drove a Porsche? Yeah, he drove a Porsche, which will come into play. And um, some other valuable items, right? So there was even missing. essentially a robbery on top of well, the murder. Yeah, That's robbery still, on top of murder. But it still looked a little too easy, right, for that? Oh, so, okay. Like, all right, I, yeah. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, thank you. It's heavy. There was no uh, evidence of a break-in, no, is what you're saying. Right. He's found dead there with no evidence, obvious yeah, evidence, yeah. evidence so of a break-in. It's not a robbery gone wrong. Not a major, yeah, it's right. not like some you major know. burglary here. So just a couple days later, on October 31st, all of those tips and that surveillance video of a pickup with this covered Porsche on the trailer led investigators to the door of Oklahoma City handyman, Michael McVinda. So there was a vehicle pulling the Porsche mm-hmm. and it was tarp covered like on a yep. trailer or something? Yeah, on a trailer. Yeah. Wow. Just... That seems very blatant. Having, if there's a right? dead person who owns that Porsche. Right. I, just, whoa. Okay. Why take the Porsche? Well, and I mean, don't you think it's going to come back to you? Like it's a, it's a car and it's not. It's not a. Um, I wish I could say murderers a, don't think. It's not but a they geo. Do. It, they do. And they it's, do. It's not a Geo Metro. It's a Porsche. Yeah. I mean, it's a freaking Porsche. Geo Metro. I guess I'm dating myself, but still. Um, yeah. It's one of those you remember seeing that kind of vehicle. Like it stands out right? in Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah. It stands out. Is be like, you know, if you're in L.A. or something, yeah, right? Whatever, like the, okay, the, you see, but you see a bunch yeah. of Porsches. Like it, yeah. like you, you I travel to the West Coast, and like every third car is a Tesla. Right. Right. And it's yeah. like okay, it's no big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. But. In here, here, it's like in North, yeah, in the in the Midwest, we'll say in general. Now, yeah. if it was a Corvette, I'd be less surprised. Corvettes seem to it's be Chevy, everywhere. Right? That's it's like as, it's as common as Bud Light. It is. Like it really is. All the yeah. all the all the rich dudes, if you will, in North Dakota, seem to gravitate in Towards the Midwest a, in general to Corvettes. To Corvettes. So when you a, see the yeah. Porsche, yeah, but it's it, you see the Porsche, and it's like, oh, you you're a different kind of money. You know, it's yeah. We're not judgy here, but we just no nope. no just yeah. observations, just, just observation. observations about yeah. the Midwest yeah. and about our own state. Who, so who do you think Nick Vinda had done work for in the past as his handyman, Jonah? I don't know. None other than Gene Kirkpatrick, the father of Valerie Gattusa. Oh boy. So the pieces are. They're uh, starting to connect the okay. dots. Yep. So 
the handyman who is identified fleeing the scene has worked in the past for, for the father of Valerie. Yep. Jean Kirkpatrick. So the decedent, the, the decedent's father-in-law. Okay. It did not take long for Nick Vendetta to give up the entire story. And it was straight out of a movie. Jean Kirkpatrick, Philip Gattuso's father-in-law, was the one who hired him. This guy was hired? To kill Philip Gattusa. It is a murder for hire story. What? The Midwest murder first. I don't... It is, that, it's, I mean, it's Midwest murder first. It is. Yeah. So well, he got paid. Do we know how much he got paid? That's my oh, first, uh, first question. Oh, absolutely. Did he get Did paid the that? Porsche? Did they promise him the Porsche? Is that why he took it? Because he's dumb if that was his agreement. Sorry. Yeah, I know. He, well, I think he was dumb regardless. Yeah. Uh, so... Nick Venda claimed that um, Gene had asked him to go to North Dakota to pick up this Porsche um, that that Gene had had purchased on the internet. So he made it as far as Wapton, which is about 50, 50 miles south of Fargo. And Nick Venda said that he had contacted a man on CB radio named Robbie, who directed him to a home in Wapton where he spent the night. But Nick Vinda, he couldn't, he could not give any details. So his testimony and his story. This is sounds not, really half-assed. It's not adding up. Yeah. As I, I'm reading this, I'm like, what is this doing for you? Like, what do you, you, but you were, but, but you were there. So, so it just did not, it did not make sense. It was so weird. So through their investigation and as they're questioning him, Nick Vinda, uh, turn, it turns out that he, he starts to unravel a little, it, a little bit. It, it, it unravels oh, yeah. a little bit, and then it's oh, gonna yeah. it's gonna be a big ball of um, unraveled yarn when they go to the storage unit that he had recently leased to find the missing Porsche, and most importantly, a hammer that had Gattuso's blood and the hair murder on it. weapon. What you just so, didn't go throw the murder weapon in a river somewhere? What are you doing? So why do you have that? Why why do you have that? This is why you're a murder for hire guy. Because you like, I don't think this is, this guy's never been hired for murder before in his life. Neither have I, but I know not to keep it. Right. I mean, and then you put it in, you put it into. If only true crime would have been popular back then. In 2009, (laughs) 11 or 12 years ago. (laughs) Maybe he would have known. No, I mean, that's. Like how dumb, how dumb are you? Not that we want to see these guys get away with it, but it's like. Wow, you really are. No, I really don't want to see you're, them get you're away really with stupid. it. You're really stupid. So like, I mean, it, it just does not make any sense. So, so out of towner, I got got myself a new storage unit. Even though I'm only up here to grab a Porsche real quick. Yeah, so I don't no, live. No, the storage unit was back in, in Oklahoma. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, so okay, he, okay. So my bad. So that was in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. so All he's right. already. It makes back. a little more yeah. sense that it's in yeah. Oklahoma. I'm like but, thinking, you buying this up in Fargo, and you don't even right. live there. Right? Why? How bad does that look? Yeah. No, he's he's back in he's back in Oklahoma. So they they so they 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 got led sense. all the way to the storage unit in Oklahoma mm-hmm. through the investigation, and yep. they find the yep. poor. So he got away for like, quote unquote for a, a minute, a couple, a couple days. He got yeah yeah. Yep. Wow. So after he gives up, um, Gene Kirkpatrick, November second. Props to that investigation team. Oh, that's quick. That is that's super quick. quick. It's a yeah. really quick turnaround. It is. That's good. You know, when uh, yeah, November second, Gene Kirkpatrick was arrested for conspiracy to commit murder what and he sings like a bird so following his arrest he didn't even deny it no he implicated himself incredulous in a statement to police about about the issues that he had with his son-in-law and his love for his granddaughter so he thought that for sure there was no way that his son-in-law would be able to care for his granddaughter referring to her he said quote 
I thought her future welfare was more valuable than his life, end quote. Wow. I don't think that we get to make that decision. Those, that's not, those aren't decisions that we get to make. That's what he said what after he, he said. was caught? Jesus. Her future welfare was more valuable than his life. What's her, what do you think her future welfare looks like with both her parents dead and her grandpa in, jail, in prison for the rest of his life? Right. That is such a stupid nonsense statement. He he also told police that he wanted Gattuso gone or at least or or dead either one, so he offered um, he offered Nick uh, Nick Vinda twenty thousand dollars to kill Gattuso. It's good payday. And I mean, not him, not bad not bad for a first time murder guy. I guess. I guess not bad if you do it. I mean, if you don't get caught, like, yeah. And he gave him a three thousand dollar down payment. But of course, maintained. Word of advice to everybody. It's 50% down payments for any services everybody rendered. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Yeah. I don't, it just, I don't, I don't care if you're washing dishes, cleaning cars. I want 50% up front. 50%, 50% up front. Yeah. And it's just, it's baffling to me that he's, he's so arrogant that he thinks that he can make that decision. And, so it, it wouldn't. Um, I, I want to know. Yeah, it's but, like, but who, he, but who he maintained. Was he? Was, but, was he a man of power? Like, was no. he a person of influence? No, just an average Joe, you know. And, you, and he, you, but he maintained. He maintained that him and and Nick Venda only had, um, only just had the you know the random conversation about it. They talked about it many times, but they never agreed. So oh. it wasn't it wasn't a gentleman's agreement or anything like that, you know. Oh. And and Nick Venda just was like. Oh, I must, like, oh, I should I, do this. I just kind of joked about killing my son-in-law yeah. and then my handyman decided he'd do it for me. Basically, that Come is on. that is pretty much it. And it's like, are you are you serious? I mean, And he probably th- he probably legitimately thought that was going to work. He, right. So, Kirkpatrick went even went as far as gathering video and just other information that that Nick Vinda would need um to commit this crime. So, and, it, and this is over visits to his son-in-law's home in Fargo. So whenever they would come up, I mean, it's just like. So this. So he's gathering. He's ready. No yeah. way. He is gathering information. He so, was I mean, casing. He, he was casing. He was casing time. his son's. Yeah. His father. His, yep. his son-in-law's place. Yep. Whoa. Yep. yep. Isn't that wild? I know. It's so ridiculous. And. and so he did. And, he did all. He did all the recon. Yep. For, for his murder for hire guy. Yep. And I mean, this Jean Kirkpatrick is is sixty three years old, right? Um, and and this Nick Vinda is forty one. You know, so this guy, I mean, he's a longtime handyman of this dude. Sure. You you can't. I'm sorry, you can't tell me that you didn't know. Like, oh, well, I mean, I guess, I guess I was. I it was just a conversation. We just joked about it. We joked about it. I never thought. He'd I'm not sure where you got the three thousand no. dollars, but yeah. And it doesn't sadly, work like that. Sadly, um, it wouldn't take long for the custody battle to begin either. So because the Kirkpatrick family still wanted Kennedy to be with them. Do and, they deserve that? Well, do, do, but, <laughs> but they're not guilty. We don't know that. Right. But I mean, on, on November 17th, a judge ordered that... Um, that Jean's other daughter, Regan Williams, the one that quoted was quoted earlier, give up custody to Roy Gattuso, Philip's brother. And that's just brutal. And it's so it's just so sad. It's it's this child is is stuck in the middle, you know? And so and what is this baby like 
five ish. She's, she's three. So she's yeah, just she's three. three. Okay, so she, she's point, literally four. just three. So yeah, yeah. I mean, so over all of that, and the so the the those are traumatic that, scars. Hopefully, oh my god. Hopefully, this kid that remembers very little of it. Some, but I mean, she knows now. Therapy. I mean, it's yeah. And you know the 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 crazy thing too is is that um, Julie Willard, the one that that found Philip's body, um, when they came to get Kennedy to bring her back to Oklahoma. So just right after the the murder, um, none of them asked about Philip. Oh, for weird. Okay, so it was almost as if they knew, right? It's almost as if they knew what went down. That's what I'm saying. You that's know, uh, right. like that's it. When, that's that's that, that, it, you know, it's that's like, my my feeling is that this family was close. Probably had all discussed it. I, I you know, that's speculation. I shouldn't speculate too much, but I just get the sense that, especially with that little detail, right, right. Right. And the, the sister said, well, we thought that it would be in bad taste. He's your brother-in-law still, you know? So, and of course we can Monday morning quarterback it all we want. I mean, these, these just, people just obviously just didn't weird. get along. So I guess maybe it's reasonable to think they don't give a shit what he's up to because and, they just don't like him. Right. You know, like right. that, that's not unreasonable. It, it's, it's, it's not, I mean, you know, it, it's, but still, I mean, if you're, if your you know, son-in-law was just murdered, your brother-in-law was just murdered. I mean, don't you think, you know, don't you, don't you think you, 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 you'd show you sympathy care a little bit. I mean, that yeah. you wouldn't you be know, what a person lacking of, empathy. Exactly. Yes. Like you're accusing, you know, him of being a, a narcissist, but yet here you are not saying a stinking word about him. You know, it's just, it's, it's too bad. Um, yeah. So super, super sad. So, um, it would take, until August 13th, 2010, almost a year after his brother was murdered, that Roy Gattuso was granted permanent guardianship of Kennedy. There is a permanent protection order in place that limits the Kirkpatrick family from contacting her. Oh, so here just gives this, me chills. So here is a sweet baby just stuck in the middle. Stuck in the middle because of that. So I can, I can only wonder how difficult it must be to... Yeah. To, to be this poor, this poor to, little, to, this, this poor girl. Right. You're stuck. I mean, you're stuck in the middle, right? I mean, it, it's. Right. Yeah. Your, your, your family is torn apart by the death of your mother and subsequent murder of your mm -hmm. father. Right. And, and, and it's you like this, this whole section of your family you don't know about. You're raised by your uncle. That's freaking brutal and sad. And th this is messed up. It, it is so, so messed up. I can't up. believe he hired his handyman to kill his son-in-law. So Roy Gattuso was quoted as saying, my brother was a very active, loving father and family man. Unfortunately, the Kirkpatricks were just very, very selfish individuals who thought that if they had custody, it would substitute for the daughter they last, lost. Wow. It's as sick as, as sick can get. Wow. You know, and and... It's so sad. I mean, they lost, they lost a daughter, you know, they lost a family member tragically at a very young age, you know, 37. That's I, I'm, I'm 37. Like that's terrifying, yeah. you know? Uh, and then to just, to just, just do this. Yeah. So in a trial that lasted seven days, attorneys had quite the battle based on circumstantial evidence. Nick Vinda was found guilty on December 10th, 2010. Why, why circumstantial? There was no physical evidence at the scene that linked him to the murder. The only thing that linked him is that he had. He, well, he possession, had possession is nine tenths of the law. But he, um, but he had possession of the murder weapon. Right. right? And the car. 
Right, but he's a handyman. So, I mean, so you can see where you can. And they heal. knew he would. They people saw him in Fargo, like he was yep, identified he was, as being yep, in Fargo. Yep, yep. But there was no physical evidence, that cameras, fingerprints, hair right. follicles, DNA, anything that right. actually linked him to the crime scene. Exactly. Yeah. Oof. So he would be. Sentenced but they did to, get him guilty. They, yep, he was wow. guilty, and he would be sentenced to life without parole just a month later. Judge Frank Rasick. R-A-C-E-K, called it, quote, an unprovoked act of extreme cruelty. I missed a word there, so I had to make sure. Um, an unprovoked act of extreme cruelty. It, it, it's so and unprovoked. It and it, it, it really, it goes against the norm. And for, the, for the guy taking, the, the guy going back to get his daughter? Yeah. His, his daughter. Yeah. I just, this, this guy that, ex- that agreed to do the murder is just, Why? Why? Why do something so terrible and traumatize people's lives so horrendously for $3,000 in the end? It's just that, that's the most, me- and then to do it in such a horrific way for With so little. Hammer. And then clean up out, like that's. With a hammer? I mean. You, 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 uh, I guess it, it's just, it's, it's shocking to me because mm-hmm. more often than not, people are murdered by someone they know. They know, right. And more often than not, Murders that have this display of violence are anger and are there are angry and personal. They're angry. And, 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 yeah, this was very, very personal. So you know, it's like you wonder you wonder why Because he was that just way? sick. This guy was Yeah made just sick. If right. like that is a sickness if you are able to to do that. I, I try maybe too often to understand why murder happens, right? Like to, to reason with reason with, right. with 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 how. Like in the case of Daphne Wright from South Dakota, I could see, you can see the pattern, all the trauma. Right? You can just see it all unfold. This I don't I don't get. Not like that. And it's not like this guy's some mercenary. I get no. you're gonna hire a mercenary to like assassinate a president of a, of a, a diplomat or right, something. Right. Like, but like this you, you hire your handyman? I, mean, I don't. I don't want my son-in-law to have my granddaughter. Will you kill him for me? Right. What the hell? Like, I don't care how much of an ass he might have been. If he was, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. But if you think he was that big of an ass, you really think it's necessary to kill him? You can't just work that out. Because now, look what, look what, like, you're going to get caught. And so, six months later, Kirkpatrick would finally go to trial for conspiracy to um, or conspiring to murder. Sure. And. Um, and that was July 28th, and he was convicted of it. So convicted of he was conspiracy convicted of to conspir- commit murder. Yes. Yep. And that's so, pretty pretty high crime. And he maintained to the end that um, Nick, uh, Nick Vinda, it was all talk, and there was not an agreement. He, he, he decided that to the very end or, or maintained that to the very, very end. And so, if that's true, it does go back to Nick Vinda being really sick and twisted. But where's the... The three thousand dollars, though. Right. So, how do you explain that? I mean, what? Because he put a door in, or because they they have a they have a transaction, uh, or, or or did Nick Vinda say, "Oh yeah, he gave me three k, yeah, of twenty k promise." Um, like, I, right. like, like, is it is it your word against you know yeah, your word yeah, against mine exactly. at that point? And they were, I mean, it you know in the trials and stuff, it was you know they had they had Kirkpatrick testify, so then they put Nick Vinda up on the stand as well. I mean, it was wow, it was, a, it was definitely a battle. It was it was absolutely a battle, and. 
Um, so Kirkpatrick was sentenced to life in prison without parole. At the oh, age for of, conspiracy of 60, to commit murder. 63. Yep. He Holy. was sentenced to life and, you know, it, and I didn't and realize so it, it could carry it. that heavy of a. Mm-hmm. Yep. So he, um, he's, he's serving it in a, um, in the South Dakota state penitentiary in Sioux Falls and, um, his other daughter, his remaining daughter, uh, Reagan Williams maintains that he wasn't guilty. He didn't do this. That's not, that's. Um, that's not what he's capable of. It, it's, but I mean, that's tough. It sounds, it sounds like they do have, if they have evidence of him casing the, the place mm-hmm. and providing that. Right. So I, if not for that, I, I, I'd want to almost give this guy, maybe give this guy the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, it's your, it's his word against the handyman's, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but the handyman has video and receipts, pictures man. and, and, and like, receipts and, yeah. uh, yeah. So she said, quote, he does not have what it takes to take someone's life. Well, that's yeah, why he hired he, someone. That's why he hired someone. He didn't. He hired someone to do it. Like, yeah, he didn't. I mean, he contributed, but he, he, didn't, he didn't take he somebody's didn't, life. He didn't, he didn't. No. So, I mean, I can only imagine what they're going through, you know, and, and, and it's tough. And um, there was uh, on July 11th, 2013, 13, uh, a judge um, ruled in a wrongful death suit um, and awarded the family of... Um, well, and, and it was actually Philip's brother, Roy, and his daughter, Kennedy, um, awarded them $9.6 million. Where's that in, money in, come in a from? In wrong, wrongful death suit. Well, you can't get blood out of a turnip. So they depleted all, everything they had on his defense. Wow. And so they will never see that money ever. But no, it's, no. Um, yeah. And it, it would take- I mean, there isn't like, if, you, if you're awarded money, that money then has to come from the people. Not right. It doesn't come from, there's not like a federal program no. that's- no, uh, no, it comes from. I know there's a bit. There are some federal programs that help you in a way if right. you are a victim of violence to some degree, sure, but not but if, not to if, the tune of nine mil. No, if it's your screw up, you're responsible. Right? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, yeah. So on August third, twenty sixteen, um, when Philip died, he left no will, no will whatsoever, and it would take until twenty sixteen. So he died in two thousand nine. It would take until two thousand sixteen for Philip's three point seven million dollar estate to be split among his three children. That's so stupid that it takes that long. Well, they were waiting on the. Uh, like I said, they wait. Maybe they were the waiting tr- on estate staff. They were waiting on the trial. They were also waiting on estate staff. From Still, his, that's from thirteen his, years. But from his father passing. Right. That, you said two thousand three to twenty two thousand nine. Excuse me. Okay, seven. Not years. Midwest murder or not, not Midwest math. Once again, Midwest murder. We struggle. We've never been this bad at math on a single episode, <laughs> it's but it's really one. Of, it's one of them days. Yeah, it is one of those days. Yeah. Um, you know, but they okay. were, they were also seven waiting. years, seven years is less egregious. Yeah. Sure. And they were also waiting on estate stuff from his father yeah. as well. Okay. You know, who had passed before he had. So yeah, horribly sad. Like <sighs> just, um, there that ends. It, it's just no murder needs to happen, but some of them are just so much more like surprising and stupid yeah. and, 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 and unnecessary. unnecessary. All of them are unnecessary, but. A- well, and like you said, you know, you can, you can see in, in a lot of cases, you can see things unfold and you can right. understand why not condoning it and not, uh, not approving of it, you know, but you can. This guy thought can, murder would lead to a better future for his, for his, his granddaughter. granddaughter, his granddaughter. That's, that is effed up. Was there abuse? No. Was there this? No. So to think that that's the only way out, like, oh man. Yeah. If there was some crazy story, like, oh, if if he was like, well, I, I thought my son-in-law was abusing my granddaughter. Sure. Okay. Okay. All right. That, I understand your, I understand your motive now. Yep. But 
just it's not the case. Just like ah, he's a prick. Yeah, because again, quote. Let, let's let me find it again. When he said that, um, he said that uh, I thought her future welfare was more valuable than his life. And you know what? As her father, he would probably say the same thing. You know who else you know? isn't good at math? That guy. That guy. Yeah. So it was, yeah, the, our first murder for hire that is still making me leave, make me scratch my head. That's wild. Yeah. So, That's. Yeah. Super crazy. Sources from two days episode, NOLA.com, the Fargo Forum, and of course, court documents and files. Um, and I, I, yeah, those are always interesting. To say the least. So. And a uh, big shout out once again to today's episode sponsor of Midwest Murder. It's DVCC in Minot. If you or someone you know is being affected from domestic violence, please encourage them to head to the website courageforchange.org. The crisis line number is 701-857-2200. And I want to reiterate Ladies and gentlemen, cycles of violence do not simply stop. They don't break themselves, but there is a way for you to get help and for you to find the resources you need to potentially break yes. that cycle of violence. Right. org. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. Make, uh, make sure you like, rate, review all of those things. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Come for that. the... Come for the Midwest. Stay, stay for, for the, the murder. murder. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.